It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Happy Horror Time. My name is Timothy Murdoch. And my name is Matthew Emmert. Can you imagine? Have we ever done that before? Where we've said our name, our full legal names? No, because we don't go. Who calls you Timothy? Uh, No one. You know, I use Matthew for like every bill and every legal thing, but nobody calls me Matthew. My grandma used to. Hey, Matthew, could you um, Matthew? Hand me, could you hand me that ashtray for my cig? Hi, uh, Timothy. Uh, could you come over here, Timothy? It sounds very formal. Uh, Timothy. I, don't I sound like a rich bitch? Uh, it was saying Timothy? Yeah. You just sound like a bitch. Or do you, like when you hear Timothy, do you think Timothy shot? Chalamet, a world-renowned actor? Uh, Not at all. Yeah, yeah. When you hear Matthew, do you think Matthew Perry, world-renowned friend star? No, not at all. Uh, I think of Matthew, the kid from Little House on the Prairie, Lebotox. Wow, you just aged yourself. Did you hear that, everyone? Tim was watching Little House on the Prairie. While you guys were in diapers. Well, here's the thing. The reason I liked Matthew Labor talks is because he was in the Wes Craven film Deadly Friends. I what? Okay, was Little House on the Prairie on in the eighties? Right. I want to say seventies or seventies. Right. I think both. So, so being born in the sixties as you were, right, just right. kidding. No, I was born in seventy. Seven. You know, Tim, something we haven't talked about yet because we hadn't our movie review episode before this was before the date was there was a Friday the 13th this month. <laughs> I loved it because my whole entire family sent me text messages and they were like, it's almost borderline happy birthday because they associate me with a hockey mask killer. Do you know what my family associates me with? A dog pooping in the backyard? No, Halloween. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So I get text then. But no, no, I got some ha- happy Friday the 13th text, but... Um, I can't Tim, believe you're trying to steal my Friday 13th I'm totally thunder. trying to steal your thunder. So Tim and I did something very fun for Friday the 13th because we can't not 
like celebrate it's a holiday for it's, us this is this was so exciting to me i loved it so we went to a screening of friday the 13th part three in actual 3d in with los our angeles friend dean yes with our good friend dean and we uh we got to see it in part three uh we got to see it in 3d <laughs> we got to see it in part three but they had a q a afterwards with um larry zerner who we've interviewed on the podcast so it was cool to see him shelly and Tracy Savage, who plays, um, wait, what's her name? I know that. Debbie. <laughs> Debbie, yes. But one really cool surprise was they had Brian Fuller there, and he is going to be, um, he's kind of spearheading the new Crystal Lake prequel series that is coming out this year, and he gave some tidbits about it. But what's cool is that the tidbits he told at that screening, suddenly it was in like every horror publication. There must have been people in the audience that took that immediately wrote it and, and they were like tweet it tweet it tweet it out it Instagram it, it done so he told us first off that they are going to be um first there's going to be a score from an old classic score and a modern score from harry, harry manfredini manfredini so everyone was really happy about that and he said they're going to be delving into like pamela Voorhees and jason and the biggest thing he said was that adrian king has a recurring role in it i love that and you know it's i loved hearing from shelly you know and, and, and tracy savage like I hope they take all the actors from all the 80s and give them, sprinkle them out. Parts. I don't think they're going to do that. I hope they do. Because <laughs> I would love they to wanted. see. Brian Fuller's like, hey, get me every single actor from every Friday the 13th. For That would fill like every episode. I know, I know. What I think, though, is I do have to ask you, who do you think Adrian King's going to be playing? Do you think she's going to... I've been seeing rumblings online. Like Some people think she's going to play like a young Pamela Voorhees. But I was like, that'd be so confusing with like yeah. the whole I d- movie. I, would, I mean, that would not be the route I would go but I would hope she just plays Alice. But the thing is, if she plays Alice, it would have to be a modern day series, right? Because a prequel or Alice before what happened in Friday 13th. Good good question. I don't know. There's so many questions. No, because if you think about it, how many times did Jamie Lee Curtis die? We, oh, you in mean Halloween? Yeah. She died at the end. Jamie Lee Curtis has four timelines in Halloween. That's what I mean. She's got. So, I'm his. I'm his sister. I'm not his sister. I'm. Uh, well, there's three different Tommies. I'm dead. I'm. He's not a dead. Do, I hope they go. I hope they they get a Tommy. That'd be fun. Tommy. Oh, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. I. I again. I. As much as I would love to see all of the old stars back, I have a feeling that at least for the first season, they're probably like, let's just do Adrian right. King. Maybe to, second season. They need bring to people. establish the new people. Yeah. And also like then I just saw an article today that now Sean S. Cunningham is looking to produce like some reboot Friday the 13th film. And House. And House. But so it's going to be a big year slash two years for Friday I the mean, 13th. I mean, you must feel really weird right now because now Halloween's like, who cares? You know what, bitch? I got three movies. You got Corey Cunningham. I got the Corey Cunningham film, the the Terminator Halloween film, and the good one, 2018. There, I got three. I liked them all, but I'm biased. No, no. I, look, of course I like them all because I love Halloween, but 2018 was like a really good film, and then the other two were like, uh, you know, okay, okay. You know, Kyle Richards got a chase scene. That's all we need. And then in the next one, she was like an afterthought. Yeah, why? Like, why? I, I really, I wanted, I wanted Lindsay in the final reels. I just love that in the final shot of Halloween ends there, the whole town of Haddonfield's there to witness his death and Lindsay conveniently is Did, did Halloween have a 3D movie? No, they didn't. Halloween 3 was not 3D. You know, they're no. not as imaginative as... Um, Shut your Friday the 13th mouth. No, I mean, like, Friday the 13th had 3D. Your series had nothing. You know what? You had... To be continued. You had, you had this a will be reality the, show This is going to be our feud. Maybe Ryan Murphy will do a <gasps> film about us. Tim versus Matt. Oh, my Friday God. Friday the 13th am versus I Halloween. Susan Sarandon or am I um, the You're other one? You're definitely Jessica Lange. 
I'm the, the Susan more Sarandon. successful one. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the one with more personality. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, that's what uh, ugly people say. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Beauty and brains. Okay. You're like, or, or original maybe, people. Maybe one. <laughs> anyway, we have we have some big movies to talk about today. And um, the first movie we're going to talk about, we're really, really excited to talk about this movie because we actually saw it last year during Beyond Fest. So we saw it in, was it September? That sounds right. And we, when we saw this movie at the, the film festival, we loved it. And we were like so looking forward to it coming out so that we could review it because we just wanted to be able to talk about it on the podcast. And um, it came out on Peacock on Friday, January 13th. As you know, I just learned this on Twitter. I don't know if it's gay men that started this or any, it doesn't have to be a gay man, but they call it the cock. I saw Brian Fuller was was kept saying on I, the know, cock on the me, cock it, and I was like what what it took me a minute I was like why do they keep saying at the cock like, I have a feeling it's just a gay man thing I, okay okay because I was like <laughs> is that catching on I'm not seeing like my dad saying hey I watched the cock today Does your dad use Twitter my dad probably doesn't even know what Twitter is. <laughs> I'm sure my parents know what Twitter is from the news. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know, but we will call it the cock. So it came out on the cock, peacock, and it's called sick. Right. As in S-I-C-K. And the coolest part about this is what attracted us to this movie was that it was co-written by Kevin Williamson, as in the creator and writer of Scream. He wrote Scream 2, Scream 4. Dawson's he, Creek. He created um, um, Dawson's Creek, Vampire Diaries. The Faculty. Um, yes, Tell Me a Story. And what was we were really excited about is because it was it's been a while since Kevin Williamson has written like a, just a true slasher film so we heard that it was a slasher film co-written by Kevin Williamson and it takes place during the pandemic and we were like in yeah I was excited I was really excited I, I mean as you know like we are huge fans of the Scream series and um, you know Kevin Williamson's writing is just brilliant we've always talked about that but we were really excited to see like what is a return to a slasher film going to be like what's it going to be like in the pandemic and let me tell and you he catered to me Friday the 13th. It was everything that you would want because it really felt like a Scream movie during the pandemic. But that's all I'll say and now we'll set it up. Okay. okay. We're you gonna, set it up. You're I'm much better s- at that. I'm going to set that shit up. Okay. So. Well, first up, before you start, like I, I, the title, like sick, like, because remember there was a time, I remember, I, I want to say like Corey Hamer, Corey Feldman, when like when something was awesome, they like, oh, that's sick. I know. It's like, and I think it's like, oh, I, th- I don't think that was just that then. Catch on? People, people still say sick. Oh, that is sick. I you, still hear that. But you don't say I that. would never. Never say that. Oh, I me. say stuff like radical. You say like groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those things. Yeah, because you're trapped in the 60s. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, um, um, but I'm pretty sure this is sick with an S-I-C-K and it's related to the pandemic. But uh, who knows? But one thing I do want to say is this was it was. Yes, we love, love, love Kevin Williamson, but it was also co-written by Caitlin Crabb. And I feel like. You know, all the advertisements have been, you know, pushing Kevin Williamson's name, which, of course, they should because everyone knows and loves his work with Scream. But there was another writer in this, and we do want to say her name, and it was Caitlin Crabb. And, and you know, so they both wrote it together. And it was also directed by John Hyams, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he did the 2020 movie Alone, which was really good. I'm not sure if we – oh, no, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I feel like we did. I don't think we were doing regular podcast yet then, but it was just very good. I remember really liking that. 
Exactly. So anyway, so the movie starts and it says it's April 2020. And that was right when, you know, the pandemic hit and all the chaos was ensuing. Everyone remembers it was locked down. There was no toilet well, did paper. You know that we, we did lock down on Friday the 13th. Well, it was technically the 14th, but I remember the, the night before was obviously the 13th. Oh, it was I, March 14th. When oh, we I literally didn't shut that. down. Well, this takes place April. So it's like right at the beginning of like when it really is hitting. And it, we, the first opening scene in true Kevin Williamson style, there's a big opening scene. And the character's name is Tyler, and he is going to a grocery store. And right away, it really just takes you back to how things were back then, because there's no toilet paper on the shelves. Or any food, yeah, really. Yeah, there's barely any food. Everyone's wearing masks. Everyone, like, if one person coughs, they look at that person. Like, like it really took me back. dare you? And... He starts getting text messages like, hey, Tyler, want to party? And he was he was entertaining the the text. Well, first he's like, yeah, sure. And then they're like, you covid free. And he's like, fuck off. And the text message. But then I say this is always the creepiest thing I always think about. He gets a text message and it's a picture of the back of him as in someone's watching him. And it says nice ass. Well, first off, (laughs) I will say this. They could have used I mean, because it's a movie, there's editing. They could have used just a picture where his but just you know what so, I mean? uh, what Tim's trying I, I to say know. in his I'm never gonna say anything too like controversial way is that his ass still- did his ass did not look good in the picture. I mean, it, he was wearing dumpy jeans and there was no that's, outline that's of an ass. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. And like, I agree. He wasn't wearing a pair of rounder bum. I agree. Like if they were going to have the person, the killer sent a nice ass picture and it, his ass does not look but good honestly, in the picture. I mean, I'm. I, other than that, I have no complaints. I know, but the funny thing is, is maybe that was on purpose because really the point of that text message was, was to show. Shot. No, it was just to show that the killer was watching him. So he turns around and he like flips off everyone in line. Anyway, he goes home and he goes into his apartment and right away he's like wiping every grocery down with antibacterial wipes, which again takes you back. I right? know you did that. I didn't do it. We did that. And, you know, I look back on it. It's like, why did I ever think germs could really stay on like th- I mean, but at that point, everybody was so no, scared. They everyone were believing was doing it. it for some reason. I just was like, I don't know. Everything the CDC was saying, it was just like, just do that. We don't want to get sick. We don't want to die. Like everyone was terrified, you know, like there was so much chaos. So he's in there and then suddenly his like TV turns on. And this is very, again, classic, like opening scene. Was screen it Anderson suspense. Cooper? Yeah, it was CNN. It was oh, the news. Okay, but okay. so um, and he and in a very well, it shot very well. And then when he turns the TV off, you see someone like a masked person lunge at him and is trying to kill him. And there's a big struggle and he runs around his apartment and he gets stabbed in the hand. Yeah, it was lots of blood. The blood's going everywhere. But was it was kind of like it wasn't a full blown like hockey mask. It no, was like it wasn't a ninja. like definitely not like like killer mask. It was almost like it covered everything but his mouth. So it was more like ski mask. Right. Ski it mask. was like. Like uh, a ninja, I saw a ninja. I saw a ski mask. Okay, I think we're on totally different wavelengths. The when podcast you say is ski over. Ski mask. I think of prom night. There wasn't a full blown mask. Well, but oh, because I when I think of ski mask, I think of like a robber where you see everything or you see it's covered everything but their mouth. Oh, okay, okay. I see. Well, what, I either see, way, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're fighting, 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 and this is where Tyler makes his big mistake. He gets into a room and locks himself in the room. He waits a little while, and then when he doesn't hear anything, what does he do? He, he go back out there. He goes back out there, which I don't know. He did have a window, and this is what the way I would have done it if I was being attacked. I would have thrown open that window and screamed like, "I'm being!" 
being attacked. Yes, exactly. He doesn't do that or at all. So he goes back out. He tries to do like a macho thing. He gets a bat and he's going to go back out and I guess see and face the person or whatever. And very suspenseful, like you you don't know what's happening. He looks outside his door, and then suddenly right up behind him is the killer and slices his throat. He's dead. I love a good throat slit. Good. Well, but it was a good opening scene. And right away, I remember when we saw this, I was like, wow, that felt like a scream opening scene, didn't it? It did, totally. Like suspenseful, good, you know, you know, they're even at the phone involved. So I'm like, okay, I am I am on board, you know. By the way, speaking of like an opening and Drew Barrymore, have you seen the movie The Stand In? With Drew Barrymore? This, no. Okay, I just watched it. Proceed. Well, well, now you, <laughs> you can't just say that without saying why well, you anyway, brought that in. I, it didn't make any money, and I had Googled it, and but of course I watched the good? whole thing. Um, you know, it was interesting. It was Drew Barrymore playing dual rules. Du- I can't dual even say roles. Yeah, she did you. that in Doppelganger. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. I have not seen the stand-in. Well, we'll have to have a Drew Barrymore but movie. But night. I couldn't get the tone if it was comedy or not. Anyway, I think everyone should see Drew Barrymore on that movie. Thank you for that plug. Uh, Anytime. Tim was paid. I, Drew Barrymore asked me. Tim was paid She's by like, the hey, stand-in. Tim, please mention the hey, stand-in. if you can find a place to put in the stand-in, you get 500 bucks. I was like, done. Done. Anyway, so then it switches to our main characters, and it's two girls. Parker. And Parker and Miri. And um, Parker is played by Gideon Adlon, who I had recognized from a bunch of things. The problem is I can't name one. One of them. I can. Okay. Oh, the craft. The re- not <gasps> the new craft. You're yeah. right. Again, it's someone that you know their face and you've seen them a bunch lately, but I couldn't remember. And then her friend Miri, and they are leaving their college because the college has just been locked down and they are going to quarantine at Gideon's family's cabin. Which is there's a wow factor. Oh my god. They get to the cabins. First off, just to give you a little character development, because this movie has great character development. Um Parker is not taking the pandemic as seriously as Miri. Like Parker's like, yeah, well, wear a mask, whatever. Young people don't get sick. And Miri's like very like by the book, like wear a mask six feet away. Young people can get sick. Like, so there's two kind of different perspectives of the pandemic. You know, I think you and Jacob were definitely taking it more seriously than I was. Well, at the beginning we were, but I would say after like a year went by, we became a lot more lax than most yeah. people. So and yes, at the beginning, we probably would have been the the Miris, but then I we became you said the Parkers. Laxatives. We took laxatives. We were like, how are we going to get this out of our system? Laxatives. Right. That's what I think. You know what I think? Forget all the uh, vaccines and stuff. Laxatives probably would have cured COVID. You know what? Let's let's, let's call Fauci. Let's, let's call Fauci. <laughs> yeah, we, we, hey, Fauci, we got the cure. Laxatives. Anyway, so they go to this cabin. Beautiful cabin. Where did they film this? You're always good on that stuff. Oh God, let's just oh. say Canada. Okay, Canada was but it's great. Not, that's no, not even true. That's not true at all. Um, so um, they go to the and they're like Miri and they're and they're like it's just us. We're quarantined. There's gonna be no one with us. We're so so happy. Right away, Parker gets a text and it's like you know and you're like uh oh, it's the killer from the beginning and she and it's just saying like it, it's almost like it. I forget what the texts were, but when they're out by the lake, he says jump lake in. House, it says enjoying the lake and they don't care much about the text because they both had posted on their Instagram they were going to a lake house and then it says jump in the water's fine and again if I got that text I'd be nervous Me if I was at too. the water those girls I mean I you, you got to put yourself in a safe. young perspective as I've already posted stuff on Instagram that I'm at a lake. So maybe they just think it's someone playing a joke on them. Classic horror movie. Right. mistake. No, I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, it's hard for me to remember as someone in mid forties to remember. <laughs> what <it> was, <laughs> well, let me, I can remind you when we were in our twenties, there ain't no Instagram. So oh, we didn't that's know. True. We didn't, we're, no we one knew where we were because there was fucking MySpace. That's why. 
That's why. MySpace, and you weren't oh, posting yeah, yeah, updates. Yeah. MySpace, like, you never told people where you were. You weren't like going to the lake house. No, Instagram, it's every second. Like, That's well, true. Instagram stories. I can't even remember what was the purpose of the, the big thing about MySpace was just the top eight, right? I And you could put music on your page. Remember God, that? That was so lame. I Who used, cared? I used to put a song on. I mean, did it, did it have like, did the song have like an underlying meaning like, this is for the boyfriend that didn't call me? Oh, totally. Because I was at, a, a, like, you, you know, you're in your 20s and that's the only social media and you you want attention. <laughs> you grow out of that. Well, yeah, well actually, totally. most people don't. Well, were you part of Friendster? <laughs> no, that was before me. Oh, okay, oh. never mind. Keep proceed. <laughs> Sorry about it, Grandpa. Just kidding. Anyway, so they, um, so it gets to nighttime. They're having fun. They're playing a drinking game every time Dr. Fauci's name is, is mentioned. And they're showing real news footage from the pandemic. But so then, like, a strange car gets there. And they're like, who is this? I thought we weren't inviting anyone to quarantine. Really well done scene because you see someone like in a hood. And, and they mentioned Friday 13. Oh, there's a great line. Like, Miri's like, you can't go out there, Parker. What if it's Jason Voorhees? And then Parker's like, impossible. It's Saturday the 4th. And I was like, that is such like a Kevin oh, Williamson I line. Loved it. loved it. Because, you know, being a fan of horror movies himself, I, I know he put that on purpose. But um, so... After like a scare, uh, this guy comes in, scares them, and it ends up being this guy named DJ who... He, but, oh, wait, just to clarify, he's not an actual DJ. <laughs> I think everyone was thinking that. They were I like, was. Oh, God. And he's not DJ from Full House, just to clarify. Oh. Yes. Candace Cameron. <laughs> Our favorite holiday she movie lo- star. Yeah, she loves doing she everything loves doing, for everybody. She loves doing movies with gay people. Next. <laughs> anyway, um, so DJ comes in, and you find out there's a little backstory between DJ and and Parker they were kind of dating but then Parker has that on her Instagram she posted a video of her kissing some random guy named Benji at a party so DJ has come to here to like either win Parker back or just to be there and both Parker and Miri are like why are you here right? you weren't supposed to be here the we're quarantining power of social media and DJ's like you wouldn't have posted that video if you you know didn't didn't want me to be jealous and, and he's th- like she's like we agreed that we're not a couple yeah and the funny thing is that Parker is your typical 20 something that you can tell she likes DJ but like she also wants to sort of play hard to get like she won't just let him be her boyfriend she has to make it difficult you know if the movie of course it's a horror movie and I knew it was gonna go that way but I was also invested in you know like the soap opera of this oh yeah and I also liked like Miri right at that point her first thing is like why is this guy here we're quarantining you need to wear a mask six feet away blah 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 so they end up they let DJs like I drove like hours to get here you're gonna make me go and they're like fine you can stay so they all like smoke paw and they have like a quick little dance party remember that I like that it was like I love a slow-mo in any movie and this one had her spraying um, what's that like antibacterial spray it's like it's so funny because Miri is wearing her mask every second and spraying and like the other two are just dancing and don't care right well then they're all just like high and they decide to go to bed but there's one like conversation between DJ and Parker where he admits like look we have something wired are we together and park us basically like i don't want to be exclusive yeah which i was like it's sad because dj was really cute i know i mean what is parker's problem dj was played that by dylan, that would have been a good title too parker's what, problem D, dj's played by dylan sprayberry who i think was in teen wolf which every hot guy I, was I in never teen watched wolf. it and I that's surprising either. i like hot guys <laughs> that's true <laughs> i do too but just look at the cast picture you're good I, yeah it's true so anyway so that now again i know it sounds like we're giving all this exposition but it goes by really quick like, it's a very so, like after the exposition it starts i mean like yeah it you gets, get it gets right into it so 
They all go to bed in separate bedrooms. DJ they is on the couch. all plug in their phones next to them. And then you see there is one creepy scene where Dylan's going to get something in his car. And while he's outside, that you see that masked killer slip in through the door. And like, I'm sorry, any movie where you can see in the background, like someone walking by, that's just so terrifying. It's so well done with that. You I know? agree. And the killer. So, you know, the killer's in the house. You also see while they're asleep, the killer takes all their phones. And that's had, creepy. And you know what? I Because we were at the screening and Kevin Williamson there was a Q&A I like that he said that he didn't want to focus on phones and I yeah. as a viewer don't like to watch someone text messaging well but at the same time you need a reason that um, you need a reason that they uh, what's it called that they don't have the phones and I thought that was good you know what I mean like it was uh, yeah, because it, I mean the, I think when you st- I mean like texting takes time because yeah. I like to use like emojis and stuff oh exactly um, so basically um, um, so then in the middle of the night suddenly loud music just starts blaring in the house and wakes them all up. And Parker thinks it's DJ being like, an idiot like and giving throwing, her, giving her a love message. Yeah. Like it's like, um, they're like Parker thinks that DJ just turned on like the music or something. Um, and it's erasure, but I can't remember the song. It's a good song. It's catchy. It's like, that's all i remember anyway but so it's blaring parker thinks oh god dj you're wake everyone up suddenly dj stops her and says there's someone in the house and that's the last thing you want to hear any night just you saying that there's someone in the house it actually got my heart pounding it does and just thinking that she's and 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 um right away parker's like we got to get mary and dj's like i'll get her you go out the window and get down to my car and wait there that sounds so crazy go out this window that's crazy yeah and i mean i guess he's of course wanting to protect her and stuff so anyway she goes out the window goes out sees in the window her friend miri is still asleep and sees the killer in the room so she starts yelling to her miri wakes up right before the killer comes down with a knife and she's able to get away right and then dj fights him right yes dj comes in and basically miri runs out that and dj starts struggling uber, with him uber brave of dj to take I mean, on a again, man with a knife again parker should have been with him because not only does he love her but he's willing to fight off a masked knived killer not even her her friend her friend who was basically like hey put on a mask get out yeah so there's big struggle Miri and Parker waiting in the car they're like come on DJ come on DJ you think it's a really good fight because DJ keeps getting so close to getting away and then like he picks him up throws him into like this like like displayed blanket yes and the blanket falls on it and dj gets stabbed a couple times but then in a really sad this is but actually really big clever scene, you see dj all bloody opening the front door and parker opens the car door and is like is are you okay are you okay and he's being pushed he's out like, by it, like a it, what it, it like looks a, like a spear and it looks like he's kind of not moving his feet and she puts it together like he's not he's, walking no he's being held by the spear and being pushed out and then right when he gets close to her the spear just impales his body but, and it's good Dead. I mean not that I'm like yeah like murder. blood flies on her like that's probably the gory scene because like like and she is just in shock screaming and he and then the killer starts running after her so they jump in the car and they're trying they're like oh we're in a car we're gonna get away well the tires have been slashed, slashed. I'd say slashed yeah and so literally they can't get far before the car just goes off the, the road yeah the tires are like grinding and, and there is a good scene where the killer is running after them and they run back to the house well, and the killer's well, so close he, to getting he them. He picks up a rock and throws it through the window, oh, not yes. the windshield, the side window. Yes, and the window cracks in front of them. They get out. So these girls out. are hauling ass to the to the house. They are running and you could tell these actors were really running. Like I they mean, weren't faking scary. it. It's scary. 
and they, they get it back into the house. The killer Run up gets to the him. attic. Yes, they go up to the attic and they go out the attic um, onto the roof. Now, if you've ever seen Halloween four, you know that never ends well. <laughs> I'm gonna lower you down, Jamie. <laughs> try, goddammit. She doesn't say goddammit, she just says try damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. I got that. <laughs> you know Listen, what? I know the words of I, Ellie Cornell. I like to insert God into everything. You thing. know what? Me too. Okay. Let's get out the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both on the roof. And then after like a struggle with the killer, Mary falls off the roof at least two stories, yeah, right? And she's down for the count. Back down on it. And you think, oh my God, did she die? Because she could have broken her neck. Well, Mary. She breaks her leg. Yeah, she does. Um, but Mary goes back inside. And before she knows that, um, um, sorry, Parker goes goes back inside before she knows that Mary yeah, isn't Mary dead. Mary ain't moving. Mary ain't moving. But Parker has like a big confrontation with the killer in the kitchen of the house and it actually Parker kicks some oh, ass. And they did one of the things that they did in Scream 5 when she gets thrown over the kitchen counter. Yes, she gets thrown over the kitchen. And they do that in Orphan Kill. And Halloween ends. Oh my God, yes, that's, that's four women being they, thrown over counters. It's such a big thing to throw someone over a kitchen counter like in a fight. When did but, that become something? That's, that's not something. I don't know, it's just cool. It's cool. I want to be thrown over a counter but the best part i'll do it <laughs> i'm gonna say hey we'll do it right now you know it'll hurt uh so parker is able to get on top of the killer and bashes his head with a toaster over and over that was to, i was like is the movie over well i loved it because again how many movies does the the does the the victim or the final girl or someone get like one stab in and then they just walk away no this girl's like they, i'm finishing they, they like him back off up drop the knife or, yes. you know well, they don't this, do that she bashes him over and over and you are you're pretty convinced he's She's dead smart. for now yeah so she goes out to try to see if Miri's okay. Miri, well, no, 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 no. Because remember, as that's happening, she backs up. Another killer walks through the. Yes. Well, that's the thing. You think that, oh my god, is it over? But you see, there's a second killer, very scream, same outfit that comes in the door, and that's when Parker gets up and she goes to check on Miri, who's still alive. She's like, this is. I love that she said that. She's like, play dead. Yeah, because the second killer is coming out there, and Miri can't move, so she tells Miri to play dead. And one thing Kevin Williamson told us at the Q and A was that he'd always wanted to write a movie where someone like had to play dead because, and I, I see what he's saying. Like you have so many horror movies where you always feel like if the person could just pretend they're dead, the killer yeah. would go and past then she kind of grabbed like a little bit of hair and she like put it over her face. Yeah. And so <laughs> the second killer does come up to Miri and Miri's pretending to be dead, but it's getting to a point where you think he's going to figure out I mean, she's not this dead. This is a weird thing for me to say, but I'm going to say it. He didn't like, he didn't go down and like check her pulse. You're I mean, right. Which is fine. But they, they, the way, they kind of explained it is that um parker then made a big noise when right, she, threw she threw something in the forest so that yeah. because she knew if he stayed there long enough he'd know she was breathing right. i mean know? like all he has to do is lean down and like yeah hey, like, she's breathing yeah exactly she can't hold her breath forever so then there's this big i mean this movie is filled with chase scenes and the killer is chasing parker she gets to the lake and oh, she this takes was a this tough scene what, what is it like it was like a floating raft it's like i mean did you go to summer camp a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, like usually at summer camps in the lake, they have like this square thing that you swim out to. It's like a dock, a floating dock. Yeah, it's like a floating dock, and she's able to get it, and she rows it out away from the docks so that the killer is stuck there, and she is going to row herself to the other side of the lake. Well, apparently this killer is an amazing athlete because he swims out there he with swims a knife, out there, and he starts stabbing from underneath the raft. Did you see Creepshow too? Of course you have. Of course. Do you remember the scene? It's called the raft. Of course. And remember, like all the things were of the course. Gooey stuff was hey yeah. can i say of course a few times? Mo yes. five more times of course i remember there's like the kind of the cute yeah. guys in it wearing yeah. like speedos but you know watching that movie today not the most politically correct because he starts kissing that girl's boobies while she's asleep 
You know what? That's not cool. It's not cool. But Speedos are cool. Yeah. So anyway, the killer is like stabbing from underneath the raft and like, you know, Parker's freaking out, moving around, and then her hand gets stabbed. That, I don't like to see pe- hands being stabbed. You're like, I'm totally cool with heads being bashed. Right. But, but hand, no, ooh, it's just, no it, ooh, hands it's being stabbed is too much. No, I get what you're saying because you just know how painful it'll yeah, be. Yeah, it looked painful. And think about how much we use our hands how much do you use your hands? You know, listen, I'm not going to share that. Every night? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so um, she finally is able to get to the other side of the lake and she runs to this cabin. And, you know, her family's lived there, so she knows the neighbors. She gets inside and the guy who lives there comes he at her a with gun. a shotgun. Well, because, he, you know, it's quarantine. That's he true, probably doesn't know what's going on. She's yelling, you need she's to call like, the police. She's like, she had to like remind her that she used to play with his daughter like back he, in the day. And he, he's like, oh, hey. He did not recognize her. She's like, I'm being attacked. Call the police. Call the police. And then what happened to him? Throat slit. Did he get throat slit or did he get stabbed? I feel, I feel like it was another throat slit. One of the... Either way, he's out of the union. Stabbed or th- Hey, uh, that's a line from Scream 2. Is it? <laughs> either way, he's not in the union no more. Remember the or cameraman's was- telling Gail about... The cameraman re- reads her book and says your cameraman uh, got Quote, stabbed. unquote. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, your, your something is both desperate. desperate and... Oh, to Mrs. Loomis. Okay, too much Scream talk. Oh, God. My motive isn't as 90s as Mickey's. Mine is just pure old-fashioned revenge. You killed my son. You know son. what? I didn't come here for the Lori Metcalf show. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know that whenever I can quote Mrs. I know, Loomis, you I do. do. It. Anyway, the poor neighbor gets stabbed. Parker's come all the way across the lake just to have to run again. And by the way, we have to mention all this time, Miri, whose leg is broken, she makes her way into the house and she's so smart. She makes a splint for her leg. I never would have known how to do never that. Never would you I. You know what? But these girls go to college. But so what happens then? That got first killer who had had his head bash is not dead. Oh, and yeah. He wakes up and goes after Miri and she ends up stabbing him in the throat. That was a good scene. It was because you're like, how is she going to one up? Her leg is broken. How is she going to get him? But then I remembered he his head was bashed. Yeah, so so they're he, even. Can't, he can't really do much either. They're even. But so she finally kills him. Back to Parker. This probably was my favorite scene in the movie. She is gets to the road. She's trying oh to track down a car. One car stops. She runs up to the car. She's like, help, let me in. I'm being attacked. And the woman. In, in, in famous, like, in the tradition of Friday 13th, like, remember when Adrian King approaches Betsy Palmer? She's like, oh. And help. she's like, oh. It's just, well, like, as and, a well, nine-year-old, I was like, oh, this is great. So this woman is played by Jane Addams, um, famous actress. And the woman says, do you have a mask? And she's like, no, I don't have a mask. I'm being chased. And she's like, hold on. Let me see if I have an and extra one. she brings one. out, like, a Ziploc she, bag. She has a Ziploc bag with an extra mask. And the Parker's like, are you fucking crazy? Let me the fuck in. <laughs> and it is brilliant because it's so funny about how like the mask is more important than like saving this girl. Well, finally she lets her in and she gives her the mask to put on. She puts on the mask and then she she's starts like, like, oh God. like, like something's taken over and she's Let like, me see wait, if I can pronounce this, this word. mask smells chloroform? like chloroform. Yes. Thank you. And she says chloroform and the lady kind of smiles and then she just is out and, and you're, then like, you're like, oh damn shit. It, she's in on it. The lady's in on it. So anyway, Wakes up, <clears throat> she's back at her house. The woman and the other killer are there. They're they're unmasked. So um They're talking and they're like, we gotta well, there's a lot being revealed. So they here. have they basically then um, you know, and obviously we spoil everything, but they say why they're doing what they're doing. Basically, first off, we find out that the first killer who was killed is their oldest son. You know, sorry about it. My only son. <laughs> 
No, that's not it. Um, I know. And then they say they give her a COVID test, Parker COVID Ew, and test. And they did and it the way I hate, up the nose. I, how else do you do a COVID test? You could do it through the mouth. When? You can scrape like the side of your mouth. Oh, but that came later. That right, wasn't I know, like that's April what I mean. The early, oh. the early stages. I was like, are you putting COVID tests up your butt? Like, <clears throat> maybe. You're like, um, I don't call that a COVID I test. I call that fun. <laughs> I'm getting gross. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, no, the they nose, stick it way up the, the nose. The nose one was like tickling my brain. Well, and back then, before it was Horrible. just a little bit, it was hot. But so she, Parker's so confused and she's like, I don't have COVID. I'm not sick. What are you doing? And the mom is like, the woman is just like, do you, so, so such idiots and then she said she basically explains <clears throat> that that video that um parker DJ had posted distraught by yes the one of her kissing the guy named benji benji is this woman and the killer's son and after that video of her kissing him benji got covid and died in a right, hospital and what was the alone name of the party that it was called end like of the end world. of the world party I yeah loved it. so um so and parker's like what are you talking about i don't have covid and then they look and the results say positive and they're like just what we thought you were asymptomatic you're so irresponsible and literally this whole killing scheme is because parker accidentally gave their son covid and he died now not gonna make light of anybody dying of covid no, there that's is horrible. something very funny about parker saying like i don't have COVID. She, this part she's like i don't have covid and they're like <laughs> you do and you were asymptomatic now again the thought of your son dying of covid in a hospital alone awful Definitely not a reason to start killing people who didn't know they had it inadvertently but giving it as to a them. modern day horror film. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it was a genius idea. And then they also mentioned that they killed the guy Tyler at the beginning because they contract traced it and he had given it to Parker. That's a lot of work. <clears throat> so so basically they want to kill anybody that was involved in giving their son COVID because they think they're so irresponsible. Of course, Parker this whole time has been asymptomatic, has no idea she had COVID. And she's a fighter. And realizes these people are crazy. Well, the male killer is they realize that Miri may still be alive and the male goes to look for her. And at this time, the woman is and by the way, the woman and male killers are named Pamela and Jason, which is such a oh, my God, I got like Loved the biggest it. Loved it because, you know, it's, it's callbacks to Friday the 13th. and the, the better film from Halloween. Oh, yes, yes. Definitely not Halloween's better. No, 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 no. D Kevin uh, Williamson. Way, do you know that Kevin Williamson's favorite movie is Halloween? Friday the 13th. No, it isn't. Friday the 13th. No. Uh, anyway, so they basically, Mary sneaks up behind the woman, like hits her over the head. They throw her out a window. Is, let me just say this scene of her bashing the mom with that thing and then Parker pushing her out the window. I wish I could have rewound it. It was just so great because, again, both of these girls are such cool, badass fucking fighters. It. They were great. So they knock her out the window. The male killer comes in, starts chasing them. They make their way upstairs, this and you're is, like, "How are they gonna? <clears throat> how are they gonna overtake him?" But they're able to. They're so good. They hide, and they're able to come out, push they, him over the banister. They, well, they cut his leg, and then the other one yes. has hairspray. Yes, one of them. You're right. One of them cuts his ankle. Or it's not the other spray, one it's sprays the, the antibacterial yeah. stuff in his eye. He falls over the banister and falls and gets impaled by. Is it like? It's like antler antlers. ear table. I don't know. And you know something you have in a log cabin. Antlers. He and it's just great because again they like coordinated their efforts, you know. Yeah, and so then the two girls are like, "Well, they think the woman's dead. They think the man's dead. So they go 
to the barn because the car's not working. They need some way to get out of there, so they go in to get this what like would, tractor. Yeah, thing. I don't know if that would have been. I guess that would have been my first choice. I well, don't know. I mean, know. if your car's not working and they, did, I mean, I guess they could have tried to get the keys. Maybe to their they were car. trying to do some farming. So anyway, I will say during this part, I was like, I hope the movie doesn't end yet because the woman, like, she couldn't have been dead just by being thrown out the window. I mean, in, in real life, yes, but not in movie life. Yeah, but so in um so. But, you know, so she, the woman does come at them with, <laughs> she, is it like well, an axe yes, or a chainsaw? it's a huge axe and her face is covered in blood because, you know, she was pushed out of a window. Yes. And she's screaming. They're struggling with Parker. She's screaming like a, like crazy Mrs. Loomis and scream too. Parker is able to get, um or, or no, I think it's Miri throws gasoline on her and then Parker lights her lighter and they light the woman on fire. I loved it. And the best is that she's running outside screaming and she just runs into the road and just falls over. And then the police come. And then you hear police sirens come as the two girls are just standing there. I think they hold hands, they hold right? Hands. I thought that was really sweet. Yes, and then the credits roll. And we it just was so well done. Like, I know we are totally, like, fanboying out about this movie, but we just both loved it, I right? I did love it. And I, I've said this to you right when it ended, when we were back in September. I said, this has been my favorite movie in, like, the past five years. I have to agree. I, I we were The reason we wanted it to come out so we could talk about it on the podcast is because because we wanted to be able to say, like, we love this movie and to talk all about the plot. I mean, I would have rather it, have seen it again on the big screen. So it was, you know, because we did see it originally on the big screen. So I'll be forever thankful. Because, I mean, yes. who knows if we'll ever get to see I know, it on the big I know. And we, but we watched it again on Peacock. And this is what I will say. It's still great. If but. you do not have Peacock, please sign up for a free seven-day trial and watch Sick. Because... If you are a slasher fan, a horror fan, a scream fan, Dawson's Creek, a Dawson's Creek, but I'm just saying, if you like that type of scream feel, you are gonna love this movie. Like we all couldn't wait to tell everyone and we knew about. It this. has a running time of an hour and twenty three minutes. That's and another you know thing. I'm crazy There's about. There's no that. time to be bored because it's so quick and there's so many chase scenes and also the characters you really get to know them and they're I was rooting tough. for Parker. Parker and Miri, they're both such tough well-developed characters. I mean again you you know that this feels very Kevin Williamson because it's like strong females that fight back and, and like. They, they fought a female so it's like I love because you know They what? fought a female and two males. That's, yeah. yeah yeah that's. I mean, Which is funny that because the male at the beginning isn't able to fight well I right. mean he gets killed but um, yeah yeah, and um, there it just is just really well done. It's very clever. But it ha- I love the pandemic motive. It's a little nutty, and because, but you it know, was we funny. All just lived through it. Yeah, and it's like just like I mean, think about it. What was the motive of Mrs. Voorhees? Her son died by accident. And she went a little nutty. They and were making love with that young boy drowned. <laughs> she, she went a little nutty and killed everyone she thought was related to the death. Just like this one. Their son dies of COVID. They kill everyone related to COVID and who talked to their son, you know? COVID, Crystal Lake. Exactly. See the but correlation? Lots of C words. That's huh? right. Anyway, it just was, it's just so well done. I did ask a question at the Q&A. I asked if there's any chance this could be a franchise. And Ken Williamson said he didn't think that he had imagined this to be one, but you never know. I mean, I, mean, I can't see um, Benji's mom getting up. Oh, there they wouldn't survive. Maybe other relatives of oh, the family. That's true. I mean, again, and would it still take place during the pandemic? I don't know. Who knows? You know what, All you I know, know is she should do. Mrs. I, would, um, I want more of yeah. this. Jane Adams should put like a sack over her head and be sack head. Yeah, and she'll be like, or they, or, or you know a hockey what? Mask. How about in true Friday Thirtieth fashion, Benji the son never actually died, and he comes back yeah. after them, and then it's totally Friday the Thirteenth, and then they bring back Amy Steele. Right. That's Jenny. what it should be. 
Mm-hmm. You hear that, Kevin Williams said, Amy Steele in Sick Part 2. Yeah, and then and then he takes her head and puts a shrine around her. The, and Jane Addams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, well, I know we spent a ton of time talking about that, but we just, as you can tell, well, we're not going to have much to very say about excited about it. So... <laughs> <laughs> the next movie, oof. Oh oh, okay. Um, switching gears. Switching gears. Oh, switching God. queers. <laughs> It's just, it's so funny because there was so much story and action in Sick. And we're going to switch to another movie, another movie, a movie that was getting a lot of hype as being a very low budget artsy horror movie. And it's called Skinnamarink. And now Skinnamarink, it was, it had a 15. Made for $15,000. Exactly. And it was made after like the director put like had a YouTube channel was asking people to submit their nightmares. And then first he did a short film about it and then turned it into a feature. And it, it, you know, look, congratulations to the director because he got it as a very like micro budget film. He got it into theaters Which and it's playing in theaters. We went to the theater and it was packed. It was. There was a ton of hype. And if you watch the trailer for Skinnamarink, the footage is very grainy. It feels like it's in the 70s and it looks like a scary 70s movie. So we were very intrigued. It does have that grainy feel, but I. I, oh gosh, there's so much to say. I don't even know well, where to and begin. And it's hard to even sum this up. So we go to the movie, and the movie starts, and it it's like imagine like the movie is all comprised of very long grainy shots of like the corner of a room or the ceiling or you never quite see any of the characters everything's oh, grainy the, it holds on on scenes for very long it's dark like there, things are very very repetitive like there's a cartoon clip that they show over and over and, and over I'll and over. just give the summary it's about two little kids who wake up in the Do middle you remember of the their night names? uh Kyle and Kaylee or Kevin and Kaylee. Yes, Kevin and Kaylee, right. yes. And they wake up in the middle of the night and they cannot find their parents for the life and the parents are gone. And then they start looking and seeing that the doors and windows in their places have disappeared. Which I great, when they, and great it kind of makes like a sound like a, do you remember did you ever watch Bewitched growing up? Yes. It's like a bung. Well when well when they show where the door was and then that it disappeared, they'd have sound. So what this whole movie is is the kids are going around. You can barely understand them. But the, if they you, really concentrate on like the kids wearing like um Remember the like um, the pajamas like that had feet in them. Yes, what are, is what? that? Was not what he was wearing? Well, who cares? Well, I mean, it, just, it, it made a sound. Like, it made what? a sound. Who fucking cares? Oh, I remember very there specifically. There was so much more in this movie, Tim, to, to be to really? latch onto. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I get it. The thing is, is that the reason why we're having a hard time describing the plot is because there really isn't much of <laughs> one. Never, Again, it's not a movie where you actually see someone having a conversation you don't get a shot of someone's face ever. no you never get a shot of someone's face every camera angle is like a, the corner of a room or something and it stays on the shot for so long the ceiling or the, the ceiling. ground and then you do hear little things like for there's little things that are creepy like they go up to explore and there's dark rooms and then they there is one shot where they see their dad finally sitting on the bed and he says look under the bed in a creepy voice and that was scary and, and then then as a viewer, you're like, okay, this is where the movie's going to yes, kick in. He looks under the bed, nothing. Nothing. Looks under the bed again, nothing. There's another, there's all these scenes where you think something's going to jump out at you, you nothing. Like, you keep thinking like, okay, well, this is kind of a long beginning before it kicks in and it becomes oh, a movie. Oh, no. It, it, it never and kicks in. That's the in. thing I kept saying to myself. I was like, it will become a movie. 
it never does the whole movie. You do hear creepy voices. Some of them sound demonic. And there's one part, one part that's like a jump out scene where the brother can't find the sister now. And then suddenly you see the sister and her eye is gone and her mouth is sewn up. Right. And it, not explained. You just see that and then it goes away. And that was creepy. But then no explanation. No. You hear a demon voice say, Kaylee didn't follow orders or something. Also, did you notice you could like barely he, understand the oh, voices? Yeah, well, good thing they translated it for they us. They had subtitles for most yeah. of it. What uh, were you going to say? This Sorry. Is, the, for me, okay, do you know, okay, like when you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and you don't want to wake anybody and like you don't turn on any lights. It is, yes. For me, that is what this movie was. It was from walking from your bed to the bathroom. An hour and 40 minutes of that. Yeah. It, it literally, that is what the movie felt like. I have like. to say, that is an um, amazing explanation Thank of it you, because you're totally right. Because that's all I could right. think of. I was like, okay, when am I this disoriented disoriented <laughs> i can't ever say that word that's a 50 cent word i can't say it. no no you're totally right and what tim is saying is like i'm i will say the atmosphere of this is creepy but nothing happens I, it's literally like imagine if you're in a video game and you're exploring a dark house doesn't it feel like that's where it's looking at different c- angles it's like, it's like this is what it also reminded me of because i know this movie's open to interpretation so i mean we were sitting there for an hour and 40 minutes so of course I was thinking about like remember when you used to spend the night at your friends houses when you were younger and mm-hmm. like you had to go to the bathroom and get up like that again that's what it like you don't know quite where anything yeah, is Yeah I know you're kind of, yeah you're disoriented I mean yeah. but that's the thing like you you um it's just a bunch of really staticky looking frames um, little toys will turn on and turn off. Oh, and oh, then really- they, they start messing with gravity where suddenly their toys are like on the ceiling or something's upside down. And or- it really concentrated on this Legos. Like it, they, it was like Legos set up and then it was like Legos smash. And then they also loved having, because when the kids are scared, they would watch cartoons. And so they have these really old cartoons on TV. And I, I will say when you're in a dark house and you just hear creepy cartoons in the background, again, the setup, for this is great but nothing happens i know and you know i understand that it's open to interpretation it's open to interpretation i don't that's not enough for me like i, know, I can't like, like like i don't that's a cop out if you, if people just say oh it's open for interpretation that just, means it, you okay, don't have to have a plot that's what i mean like okay like this movie is getting i think it's already made a million dollars that's the thing a fifteen thousand dollar budget it's made a million dollars i think everyone's just curious like they literally i feel like it's the emperor's new clothes like we went and we're like where's his clothes good analogy again tim you were on it to me i was thinking of the whole blair witch project and even though i I actually like the blair witch project Project, i love paranormal activity this ain't that but no but the blair witch project though that hype around it everyone needed to see it they didn't know if it was real there was so much hype around this movie but i will say that it felt very like artsy horror and I feel like, and it's getting a ton of good reviews, but I feel I mean, like people are more impressed with just what it, it just that it made so much money yeah. and that he tried something different. But did you really enjoy it? Uh, like, okay. I enjoyed my company. I enjoyed my well, popcorn. This is what I have to say. And this really will tell ex- everyone exactly how I felt. I, I don't think one time in my life in a movie theater have, I hate people that look at their phones in a movie theater because it's dark and that's disruptive. I 
was so bored that I looked at my phone to see if we were close to like when I knew it would be over. I will say this. Our audience was totally respectful. Everyone sat there. No one was giggling. It was totally silent. And the the thing is, look, again, if we want to focus on the positives of this movie, there were. And by the way, just to sum up like the ending, you don't really know what happens because like the kid, Kevin, you hear that this demon voice is telling him to like stab his eye and you do see some blood, but you don't see anything happen. It's like on this really cheap, like furniture I mean not furniture you see um, blood like spurt on it and then they flash all these pictures of I guess Kevin and Kaylee's family but all the faces are distorted literally it's like they threw a bunch of things into this and like, we're like here's some scary images for an hour and 40 minutes and that's it and then at the very end I will say that was one of the scarier images it's you see this like blurry face saying go to sleep Kevin and you can't quite make it out if it's his mom or if it's a demon and then it just ends there credits there so many opportunities to just throw Throw us a bone as a viewer to like. Uh, also, nothing us, moved really. There was like, one, like those little phones. Like I actually had that. Oh, phone the toy was, phone with eyes. Yeah, it was like they and, were, it, and they, they did have a big jump scare because they just blurted like a loud noise, which I think is a little I, cheap for a scare. I, agree. I, I just again, if you're listening to this and you're confused by the plot, it's because it was not really a plot. It was just a lot it of images. It was almost like an experiment. It really did. I can't you know say what I think this film. movie would have succeeded if it was just a short film. A like an eight minute atmospheric eight creepy minutes film seems too long. See, I just mean because then you can have you can get away with not having a quite a narrative as a short film and just setting up a creepy atmosphere and that being enough. And I think it probably would have done well as a short film, which I know it started if as. It would have moved a little bit in Kaylee and um, Kevin. Is it Kevin? Yeah. Like if they if they just had like just a pinch more story or, or if you something. saw them like the camera angles were so weird that you only see their leg or them sitting or you don't get to see a lot of what they're interacting with it was like someone's holding the camera but it's almost like when I talk right. to my parents on zoom and they can never center the camera around their face that's what this movie felt yeah, like. It, like I get that they did something different and I guess we should applaud them for doing something different but the difference that they did wasn't great the thing is, is that you can applaud someone for the success that they get and for trying something different, but for... it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy it. And I think oh. we both just did not enjoy this. We I didn't. Mean, I applaud anyone who can make a film. Look, I- I'm sure that this is going to lead to a lot of stuff for the um, for the director of this. And I know he's very young. His name's Kyle Edward Ball. And and making a film and getting this amount of success on such a small budget and just like filming at his childhood home, that's amazing. Kudos to you. I mean, if it- I was home alone, if I was out in the middle of a cabin and this was playing on a screen, I'd be creeped out because I was alone. But there's creeped out and there's being like entertained. entertained. You're right. And not just that, like to me... Okay, good. You creeped us out, but I need a story to keep me invested for an hour and 40 minutes. And that's what I think was lacking from the feature film is that as a short film for a few minutes, it could have been okay just being creepy. But this one, there wasn't enough of a narrative and you just can't have a few creepy lines and some loud noises to be a film. No, it's like, it's just, oh God. Here's the thing. I just want to say this to our listeners. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of you who disagree with us, and that's totally fine. Remember, this is just our opinions, and we're, we like certain types of horror movies and not all. This just wasn't our type of horror movie. Right. It wasn't our <laughs> cup of tea, and I, I don't, I'd be curious to like stand up, if I stood up right at the end of this movie. And said, bravo. I was like, you guys, 
Raise your hand if you like this film. I would love I to know. I felt like the vibe in that theater was that people didn't like it. I, I ever just, was kind of looking around like, what did we just experience? like, what did that, what was that? Like, yeah. that's what I felt like. Our, um, And I think everyone that we were with was feeling we're like never going to get that time back. <laughs> that's true. I will say this. I was also, and I think I asked you this after a movie. I was like, could you ever imagine like, having to sit through that again yeah, like, like buying that like, dvd oh, what about the person that edited it? and like because you know like when you make a movie you watch it over and over and over some guy had to sit through that more than but once i actually applaud the editor because that whole movie was editing it wasn't like there was writing it wasn't like there was much photography that had to be that that incredible the editing is what made that movie what it was so i actually think the editor probably deserves a huge amount of yeah, praise give because him, that movie give him was that million dollars that editing and so uh, here's the thing maybe the, this is probably going to lead to more for the director kyle edward ball and i hope he tries different things or if he sticks with this i'm sure there's a certain type of audience that likes this if and we does, we may skip them next that's time. what i'm saying like if he does make another one and they're like in the tradition of skin around and gather dink i'm gonna be way, like you, i'm good you know where the title comes from that song skin a rink yeah i read an article where he just wanted to pick like a childhood familiar type creepy word and he spelled it a little different again it's like so well thought out with all this but just not a lot of story no and you know, here's the thing it makes like any movie compared to that is a step up you know it's what i mean tough. like I, it, like I, I i feel like if i saw through that i can sit through anything i have again i was reading reviews and the funny thing is is that i think sick is rated higher than skin and rink on rotten tomatoes but not by much Which and i'm just crazy. like how can you watch sick and skin and rink and be like oh they're about the same how no, you'd be on crack <laughs> well and that's the thing like but again i don't i see i don't regret that we saw it because i was interested and i wanted to see what all the hype was about but you, you know found out in one minute well, that's the, i i really did think you're it's so funny you said that they, as 20 minutes went down i was like when oh. is it gonna really pick up and it didn't it didn't ever. and i kept waiting i was like okay we're gonna get one huge scare and then the movie's gonna then, kick in and then there's gonna like the story's gonna kick in but it just never did, did i know i know anyway i mean there's i'm I'm kind of glad face. that we talked about that skin of a rink with sick because we would have never filled an hour just talking about skin of a rink. Oh my god! Like, I, I, it's just <laughs> I think, it's just that was blurry film. It's like you remember, you know right before the new Beverly starts a movie and it's like na 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 na. It's like that that like scratchiness. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Well, that's the thing. And again, that's what I thought from the trailer made it so creepy when you watch this trailer. And by the way, if you. Or if you believe us and, and kind of agree with our <laughs> taste, not- just watch the trailer and you don't need to see the film. But the trailer is very creepy because it does feel 70s grainy and it has this evil announcer voice in this house and that's really creepy but that's probably the creepiest right. this movie and you is. know and matt and i are not like movie snobs we're not pretentious not like, at all i mean not at all i mean um, like we you know like we're not always saying like the godfather the godfather you know what oh, i mean yeah not, but i mean i guess would this be considered as uh cinema- tara said in scream 5 elevated horror i i think i would say artsy horror this is definitely I'm artsy. Say elevator down elevator (laughs) i mean whatever this was it just wasn't our thing but on the the total polar opposite sick was a hundred percent our thing one movie i stand behind the other i 
don't get near it. Would you say that Skinamarink then should have been called Skinamastink? Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hell I've been, yeah. I've been holding that one in, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's um about it for us, but we hope you've enjoyed this and definitely get Peacock um if you don't have it it's or steal steal your friend's login information and watch Sick because it is only on Peacock. You can't like the get cock. anywhere else. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and as and since we're gay men, we have to call it the cock. Okay, thanks everybody. (laughs) Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Happy Horror Time. This podcast is hosted by Tim Murdoch and myself, Matt Emmert. It's co-produced by Jacob Randall. We release new episodes every Monday and we switch off between reviewing new horror films with spoilers and interviewing horror stars. So there's something for everyone. You can listen to the podcast directly from our website. That's www.happyhorrortime.com or from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you stream podcasts. And if you'd like to support us, please sign up to be a patron at www.patreon.com slash happyhorrortime. Patrons get access to our monthly bonus episodes where we discuss past horror films according to a theme. They get to vote on those themes. They get our monthly newsletter, The Happy Horror Times, and autographed Happy Horror Time stickers. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Happy Horror Time. And since our movie reviews do contain spoilers, we always post the films we're going to review a few days in advance on our social pages just in case you want to watch them beforehand and be in the know with us. And finally, if you'd like to contact us directly, send an email to happyhorrortime at gmail.com. We especially love it when you tell us how sexy we are. I'm Matt Emmert. And I'm Tim Murdoch. And we hope you have a happy horror time. time.